Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. This show is for veterans, first responders, and their families, and honestly, for anybody who wants to recover from trauma. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible. Our vision is of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please help with this mission by following and rating this show on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This simple action will help others find help for PTS injuries. Your help in promoting this podcast could be saving a life. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. I like to stretch the show a little bit from here and there to talk about other resources for other people as well. And one of those incredibly important resources to have is a safe place to go, a place to go that without judgment where you can feel that you are not alone and that you are supported. And that's why I reached out to Colleen McAllister to talk about the San Damiano Foundation. Colleen, thanks for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. So uh, let's start with the foundation itself. So you're explaining to me off air the the reason for the name and uh, explain that to the audience. Where did the name come from? Well, um, I'm a... Uh, you've heard of St. Francis of Assisi. He was a pretty cool guy, did a lot of good stuff. And when he was praying one day in a broken down church, the cross came out. That church was uh, the church of San Damiano, came known as the San Damiano Cross. And he felt God speak to him and say, go rebuild my church, it's falling into ruin. And, And the building was falling down into ruin. So he started to get stones and make that place. But when he did that, he changed lives, other lives changed, and people followed him. And and he, so really in the beginning, he made a place where people could come and grow. So the San Damiano Foundation ended up, it was total inspiration, trust me, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I just knew that no one should be alone or hungry or feel lost with nowhere to go or unsafe. So our foundation started to make places and uh, a safe place. And we started with a youth, well, a youth center, especially for youth in 96. And uh, we've been operating in that one same spot for uh, 25, over 25 years, 26 years this year. And we have a program where kids come in, they're not judged, they're guided in good judgment. And uh, we're always the same. we kind of provide some stability in an ever-changing world Uh, just a safe place lots of food you're not hungry there Uh, no one's going to yell at you there get mad at you there Uh, you can be yourself there you can grow how you're supposed to grow and I know you deal with trauma and it's a sad thing to say but there's a lot of young people and people just regular people that haven't been to war that are suffering some traumas right at home. And uh, it, it's um, the more good things happening, such as your program, and safe places for people, the better it is. 
Trauma. I'm talking too much. No, to no, 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 you're not at all. I'm listening intently. Uh, trauma mm-hmm. is trauma is trauma. And we don't um, mm-hmm. compare, you know, it doesn't matter if it happened in a war or if it's mm-hmm. uh, happened in your home. At, yeah. um, one is not greater or less than, than the other. There are just different modalities. And yeah. at the end of the day, that trauma did damage or it did not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it did damage, dealing with that damage is, well, it's the life work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I call it like it's like an inner healing. It's very much going to the root of why you are feeling the way that you feel when there's no uh, practical reason currently to feel that way. And it's important to kind of go to the, the roots of that stress or the, that reasoning, which isn't really real at the moment but it is very real inside of you and that reaction and uh yeah so we um we expanded you know we uh, became incorporated in 98 uh we got a charitable status in 2001 we expanded to two other locations communities um and we also opened um a a transition home for people that were homeless, women and children in particular. And we ran that for 10 years and probably helped me 50, 60 people that were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And that went from ages 16 to actually an 85-year-old lady all of a sudden did not have a place to live. And she came to see us for a while. So just, just being there to support and help people, I think, is really important and like I said, your program does that. And my husband was in the military and he listened to you first. That's how I heard about your work and what you were doing. So I've lived with a person with stress disorder that just got diagnosed quite really quite recently. But I do know that I think I need to go and get some stress managed after living with somebody that went to that. No, seriously, I'm, I'm joking. But. Well, but no, that's the truth. Um, <laughs> it is, it, it is so true. So we call that the blast radius in our, mm-hmm. in our peer support groups anyway. Um, when somebody is suffering from uh, post, post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic stress injury is more accurate, that affects how they deal with others. So when, mm-hmm. when somebody has whether it be any kind of emotional outburst, whether it be anger or sadness or mm-hmm. um, a bout of depression, that affects the people around you. And when you throw a grenade, there's a blast radius of about five meters. When it's a mortar, it's about 20. And when it's artillery, it's about 150 meters, depending <laughs> on, on on what it is. And and mm-hmm. it's like that as, as well with PTSD. Um, depending on how severe it is, it... Uh, it has a blast radius and the more severe it is, the more people it affects that are within your orbit. Um, but when that's your partner, when that's your spouse, uh, of course it, 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 um, it affects you significantly. And it's the families that are often unfortunately left out. So I, I do what I can to, to not leave out the families. This, the show is for them as well. Well, that's great. And I know that, you know, I, I very happily tell this one story. Uh, I'll share it just when my husband had listened to your program. And you talked about being on a mission. 
And he realized that he's been on missions his whole life. I'm glad he realized it because sometimes we'd be going, just going for groceries and I wouldn't have my leg in the door yet. And that door was shut and we were, it wasn't shut, but we were in gear and we were heading, we were going to get that groceries. And I couldn't understand why it was so, we're just going to the grocery store. Let's relax. But it was always <laughs> boom, boom, boom. You know, so I've really benefited from that show. Trust me. I can literally get in the vehicle. I can do my seatbelt off. I can wait. Anyways, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're, it's good when you can smile and you can recognize truth. And yeah, within we the have first, to laugh at ourselves. Uh, within the first 10 or 20 episodes, I forget where it was, it's um, titled How to Not Wreck Your Camping Trip. And I've touched on that <laughs> yes. uh, several times. I'm at 270. This is 271, I think. But um, mm-hmm. I've got more feedback from that one helping <laughs> strategy than than anything else. Just it's the mm-hmm. idea that whether you are conscious of it or not, um, you, you are mm-hmm. on a mission. And when yeah. you're on a mission it's in the true. military, it's life or death. So you mm-hmm. could be at the going in for groceries or sitting at the kitchen kitchen table, mm-hmm. and unconsciously. It's a life or death mission, so you're acting mm-hmm. accordingly. And when other people aren't acting accordingly, like it's life or death, it's very, very frustrating. But you don't, <laughs> but you don't know why, because it's actually not life or death, <laughs> and you didn't even realize that that's yeah. what you were doing. But when you do realize it, that's uh, the mindfulness piece, and you go, mm-hmm. "Oh shit, I am on mission." <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So you just change yeah. the mission. And yeah. uh, change the mission from going to get groceries or putting up the tent or having dinner. Change the mission to harmony. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't <laughs> harmony, you're off mission. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm I'm so glad. I, I've gotten so much feedback <laughs> about that one. But I'm glad that that's uh, you found value with that. <laughs> oh yes, big value. I still chuckle. I remember one time because always in a hurry, always, always. This has been, and we've been married a long time. <laughs> and so, I remember one time we start. We were stopping. Actually, we were going into to um, take something to the priest in our our parish, and uh, he impatiently went scurries in there. And I'm out there, and I I, I come in slowly, and he he said something about I was always slow. And the priest said, "Oh yes, but she's worth waiting for." And he just, and I thought, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Anyways, it was, it was, uh, it's good. But there's a lot of needs in the world, no doubt. There's a lot of needs. And when you hear little things, sometimes you don't even realize what is just a smile or a listening. We can't change people, but we can be with them. And when they're going through what they're going through, and, and then there's the aha moments like you express so well with the camping or the, or the groceries or the whatever you're, that you say. And, uh, yeah, everybody has them, you know. We're never too old to learn, right? <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. So let's talk about the scope uh, that the foundation does. So mm-hmm. it's a, is it a drop-in center? Are there, like, tell, me, tell me about some of the programs and some of the services that are offered. Well, we do a lot of uh, feeding, the, feeding the hungry, and especially now, there's a lot of, uh, you know, not what did you call it? It's just the stability, I guess, of uh, the prices, um, all of that stuff. We've excellent volunteers. There's a lot of really good people that really do want to help, just don't know how, 
so we've kind of got a, a, mod, a model um, of ways to open these little places and how to just be there and just have some food. It doesn't take a lot to feed hungry people, when, like to feed 10 or to feed 2 or to feed 20 instead of 15. And we're feeding on our one location, we average between uh, 30 and 50 kids every day, every school day for 25 years. And those kids have grown up, had their own kids come back. One of the kids actually went on to, uh, went through a rough time and uh, got then got married, had kids, and helped start other locations similar to this and are working with homeless shelters now in a larger community south of us. Um, there's a lot of homelessness issues, and uh, that's a big one right now. It's uh, You can't afford a house. So... We do that. Uh, we also have music programs, arts programs, positive mentoring for uh, young boys and youth so that they can identify in a strong, uh, in a you know, strong masculine way and be supported in their creativity at the same time. And uh, yeah, so with that, those are the, we had events too. We have what we call a peace camp. We try to understand internal peace. What does that actually mean? Uh, how can we how can we be peaceful people in the midst of uh, crises that are going on around us? And uh, we do a lot of fun stuff, a lot of music. I made a couple CDs. We had an event called Monk Fest because it arrived with punk. But it's no booze, no drugs, no hate, no co-ed unless you're wed. And the kids camped out. And we did music from 11, you know, in the morning to 11 at night. And we just had fun. There's so much, there's so much things that you can do to have fun. And it's how many places can you actually go where people are? And who says you have to? I remember my one girl, she said, well, I can't do that now. I'm an adult. I said, who told you that you can't do that? You, but you want to do that? You're an adult. When did that happen? Like, I don't know, following your heart and your dreams and being who you were created to be and being free to do that, to have that freedom to be yourself, the fullness of who you are is very exciting when, when you can provide venues that help a person become fully alive and and happy, so joyful. Have you, have you seen a uh, increase in demand for uh, for people that need to be fed over the last couple of years? Yes, yeah, and we had to switch to takeout. You know, with our programs uh, during the the pandemic and the fear that was in people and uh, just the being away from each other. But definitely a, a big increase in needs. There's a big increase in needs. When did you first uh, really notice that the increase was coming on? Uh, well, I would say for us, because we're kind of different. We've always kind of been with the, not the ones that are on the fringe. And some young people would come and hang out with us just because it was better than the cafeteria. There's no bullying. You know, it wasn't that they needed the food. Uh, but now I see a lot more uh, hunger, uh, not just for food, uh, but just space. There's confusion. There's more confusion in young people now than there ever has been. And the, I guess the avenues that are that really feed the core of the person like we're all made, 
in a good way inside, all of us. And the, the opportunity for that to grow and blossom is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So the hunger for food is like way up there, but so would is you the say, hunger just for... Could, could you put a number on it? Would you say that has doubled or... Uh, let me think about that. I would say pretty much close to double, yes. That's significant. Close. And only probably the last year, would you say? Over the last year and a half. Okay. And and it, we help a lot of families too. Like we get to know some of the young people. We're close to a high school. So we, we, we've been sharing a lot. The generosity of people, though, has also been on the increase in this past year, too, because I think other people see the need and are they're trying to do something. They're trying to help. And where so, are you located? You said that you're in three different locations uh, right now. Yeah, Madoc, Madoc was our first location, mm-hmm. and we have like a, our youth center right on the main street. It's been there for 26 years. We have a small farm where we have events and we have a little retreat cabin where someone can come and just be on their own, like a little pastinia, a little hermitage, just to be safe and be in nature, just walking in the trees and hearing the birds and all of that stuff. And it brings you into a different reality. And uh, we're also in Trenton. That was our second location. There's a huge military base there, so there's a lot of changes. And it's more of an evening program. They have a uh, like a little stage. Kids come out on Friday night till 11 o'clock. They can hang out. And they always, we always have food. It's always free. And it's always welcoming. And uh, so they sing into microphones and do videos and play games. And we have a location in Tweed, and it's very much art pro- art programs and community-centered. The youth go out, and they help and get involved with uh, other people that need help in the community. So every, every uh, center, like every location, is kind of geared to the needs of that community. That's and what, what are the needs? Because they do vary. There might be lots of places to eat in one town, but no place just to be. Does do that you, make sense? Do you find that um, it's a, in a large part the people that have accessed the program in the past that have come back as volunteers later? Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. Are there kids? And sometimes their kids come or they send their kids. They know. We had a lady come in one day, it's sad to say, and uh, she went out and she came back in and she was tearful. And she said, my daughter used, I lost my daughter last year. And my daughter used to come in here all the time and I'd never been here. Thank you. You know, and uh, we've lost some young people. um, And that's been a, a sad thing too in the local communities. But the parents, when they come in and they see where the kids have been and stuff, I, we have a lot of, a lot of support and a lot of gratitude from parents, and uh, yeah, and a lot of good growth. I remember one kid actually uh, at one of the dinners. He he got up and he was just sharing about foundations, and he said, "Well, you know," he said, "To be honest, he said I, I used to steal, but." I learned that it's not good to steal now, right? So I don't steal anymore. And he said that to everybody. Like, I don't know. He was maybe grade nine. It was like just um, just pretty special anyways. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot. It's a good thing. Sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot to turn somebody's life around. Just that little glimmer of hope 
and mm-hmm. and there it is. Sometimes it's just a kind word. Uh, I had Joe Roberts on the show. Joe was uh, famous for pushing a shopping cart across the entire country, and he t- <laughs> and he took the scenic route as well because um, he was once homeless living under a bridge. So bringing awareness to addictions and homelessness, he pushed a shopping cart all across this great country of Canada. And um, what got him out of it was just a kind word as somebody sat on a park bench with him and looked at him and sincerely said, you know, there's a lot more to you than you give yourself credit for. I see mm-hmm. a lot of potential in you. And that's all he needed. That was the glimmer of hope, and he started to grow, mm-hmm. and today he's a very, very successful businessman. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's incredible the power of of a kind word and mm-hmm. and a safe place where you can just breathe and, and get some sort of evidence that is contrary to the evidence you get from your home uh, mm-hmm. or from those that are supposed to be protecting you but are actually hurting you. You know, when, mm-hmm. it, when you're getting negative messaging all the time from the people mm-hmm. that are supposed to be your, your caretakers, and, mm-hmm. and then somebody else gives you a different message, a positive mm-hmm. message. That mm-hmm. can change a life. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's definitely true. I can remember I was talking to a young man once. This is years ago, too. And we still stay in touch. He's probably close to 30 years old now. And I could hear somebody say, stupid, and just just a lot of yelling in the background. Yeah. And I said, is that person talking to you? He said, yeah. I said, who is that? He says, my dad. Yeah. You know, we and we, I said, well, you know that you're not like that. That's not really you. And we we finished our phone call, but we maintained that contact. And he, whenever they, there's something coming up or he's got a good question or he knows somebody needs, he he does let us know because he knows we're safe. And, um, yeah, and joy. There's always... There's always something that you can find that's good if you look. That's you true. Know, it's, it's, there's always something. Yep. So how that's do pe- what we do. How do people support you? Um, well, we, we, do, we do fundraisers that lose money. That's our plan. No. <laughs> no. Uh, people uh, are generous. They give us food or they'll make a donation to us. Sometimes we make application to some organizations that isn't too complicated because we don't have a large staff. We're all volunteers. I'm a volunteer too. And, you know, we don't have the time or the, or the people to go through the big government processes. So we're not government funded. Uh, we're just little and the local communities and people make donations to us a little bit. If we all do a little, lots, not much. And, uh, We've had some good good organizations support us that just care about what we're doing. We have a community dinner once a year, but and we never charge because we take donations. That way, if a person's got $2, they're just as welcome at that turkey dinner where the mayor is that might be putting in a check for 100 bucks. you know? Yeah. And so we all just get together, and we're all the same, and we're all equal, and that's how we operate. And I think there should be a youth center in every community. And if you want to know how many foundations youth centers there should be, how many Tim Hortons do you have? That's how many foundations youth centers we should have. Because sometimes kids aren't even welcome in Tim Hortons if they're just hanging around. But people need good places to hang around. 
They do. Uh, your environment is everything. The people that are around mm-hmm. you is absolutely everything. If you want to, there's a friend of mine that calls it the rule of five. You look at the five people mm-hmm. you spend the most time with, and that's you in every way, in attitude, in income, in health. Uh, you are the five mm-hmm. people you hang around with the most. And uh, so <laughs> cho- choose them carefully. And um, if if there's a community center like what you have, where you can find kind, supportive people, well, those are the people you want in your life. You want the cheerleaders, not uh, mm-hmm. that dad in the background calling you stupid. You got to get the hell away from that. <laughs> you know, clear out. You got to be around supportive, kind people. And uh, mm-hmm. it's so critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had two of the young people that go to one of our youth centers, the one that's in Tweed, actually. They received Volunteer of the Year awards from the municipality for helping people park at some of the arts programs and things that were going on. They they were able to, because you, you do need some like adult people to kind of guide youth into good things, right? So to get them the opportunity to do good stuff, because people do want to do good stuff. But how can they if you don't give them an opportunity, right? Absolutely. Colleen, I think we're about there. I really appreciate it. We had some technical difficulties getting you online. <laughs> we did. But uh, we got it sorted out. But uh, please stay on the line, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you off, off air. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Tremor Recovery Podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. This show is for veterans, first responders, and their families, and honestly, for anybody who wants to recover from trauma. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible. Our vision is of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please help with this mission by following and rating this show on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This simple action will help others find help for PTS injuries. Your help in promoting this podcast could be saving a life.